not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And oftentimes, the most righteous thing you can do is shake the table. I'm asking you to believe, not in my ability to bring about change, but in yours. There is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. What's up, Bulls, and welcome to Lead On Podcast, a podcast designed to foster leadership development by talking to real leaders. Let's lean in and lead on. Hey, Bulls, you're here with Sarah and Kelsey, and we're so excited to introduce to you Jennifer Oliver, a partner at Mogan Rubin, Rubin LLP in San Diego. Jen has three degrees from UB. She earned a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration and Management in 2003 and continued on to receive her MBA and JD from the School of Management and Law School in 2007. While at UB, Jen was involved with the Student Association as the Vice President. Following Jen's education, she moved to New York City to begin her law career at Weill. Some of her clients include General Electric, the Walt Disney Company, and ESPN. In 2017, she moved to San Diego to work for her current company, Mogan Rubin. Jen has received numerous awards, including being named a top 40 attorney in California under 40. In her free time, Jen enjoys spending time with her husband, who is also a UB grad, and their two children. Thank you so much for being here today, Jennifer. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me, and thank you for that lovely introduction. Awesome. Yeah, we're happy to have you and excited to talk to you a little bit more. So we'll jump right into it. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about what makes you a leader. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, I gave that a little bit of thought uh, before joining you all today, because I guess in my day-to-day life, I don't always uh, think of myself as a leader. I mean, I am an attorney and I do work with teams at my, uh, you know, in my day-to-day work life quite a bit. Um, so I guess what makes me a leader right now is just being put in a position professionally where um, I am often responsible for leading teams. Um, and but, you know, I really think anyone can be a leader re- regardless of your position on a team. I mean, every member of our team is a leader in one respect or another. Uh, but I guess that's a little different than asking what makes you a good leader. I hope that I'm a good leader um, for our teams. I, I certainly try to work on it um, consciously when I can. Uh, and I think that what makes a good leader, at least in my um, experience, is listening to your team, um, not only listening to their, uh, their input and experiences, but also listening to how they want to be led. I think everyone likes to be led in a different way and has a different, just as people have different managerial styles, people want to be managed differently. And the more you can understand how people like to be managed uh, and what helps them thrive, I think the better leader you are. So I would say listening is what makes a good leader. Uh, And also just being very candid with people, um, I think makes a good leader as well, or at least that's how I like to be led. Um, is by someone who's who's very candid and, and gives candid feedback, whether it's good or or bad. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that, Jen. Especially as like a young professional and um, for college graduates of like understanding how they like to be led and how they like to be managed and being able and um, confident in having that discussion with your manager because that in the long run would make you a better leader. And then eventually when you're in that managerial role to be able to reflect 
um, and bring that back. So I appreciated you bringing that up. Um, Jen, talk to us how you got to like your leadership role today. Uh, well, I think like anything, there was a good amount of luck, uh, but also a lot of careful planning. I'm kind of a, a notorious planner. Um, so I had an idea of uh, where I wanted to go in my career, um, you know, pretty much since I was an undergrad, but that plan changed certainly quite a bit over time. But I think just having a plan and, and having a path uh, doesn't mean you can't change it, but you're at least heading somewhere and you have, you know, you, you have some guiding uh, principles to get you where you think you want to go. And then you change where you think you want to go, but then you can have a plan for that as well. So quite a bit of planning. I, um, you know, I planned my move um, to New York to a large law firm um, when I was in law school. That doesn't um, just happen. There's certain things that boxes that you have to check along the way um, to make sure you have what you need on your resume to get there. So um, I think it can be difficult difficult if you have no plan and you find yourself saying, oh, I wish I had done this. Um, so I would say quite a bit of planning, hard work, but, you know, not, over, you know, smart work, um, you know, not killing yourself, but having a plan and working toward that plan keeps you from doing things that don't serve your ultimate goals as well, which gives you some free time. Yeah, definitely. Um, so in your plans to uh, become the leader that you are today, uh, talk to us a little bit about the plans that you have to continue to grow and develop as a leader, um, whether that be in your current role or, um, you know, a leader in your own personal life. Yeah, so I like, um, like I said earlier, I've maybe only recently really started to consciously think about my leadership style and how to grow as a leader um, as I get a little further in my career. Um, I've started reading a lot more uh, books about different leadership styles, like the five dysfunction of, of a team was a really good one. I'm reading, uh, just starting Think Again by Adam Grant right now. Um, so I think observing other people's leadership styles, um, you know, reading as much as you can or you have time for, and like I said, really getting feedback from people about how they want to be led and, and how they feel about your leadership style is one of the best things you can do to develop and grow but also um, just seeking uh, opportunities to lead from um, early in your career. I, I think just like anything else, leadership skills are not talents that you're born with, they are skills that you develop. And so Absolutely. more opportunities you have to do that. Um, especially and early in your career, there are so many organizations, volunteer organizations that are really looking for leaders, people who can give time and a lot of more senior people don't have the time to give in those organizations. So if you're a lawyer, it's a bar association, but in any profession you're in, there are trade organizations and professional organizations that are just dying for someone to step forward and say, I'll lead that committee or I'll plan that event or I'll write that article because everyone's so busy. And those are great opportunities that you know you can you should take when you can to develop those skills, I think. Yeah, absolutely. definitely. Um, I, I think just that whole idea of listening is really where this podcast kind of came from of like being able to talk to leaders and have our students and have our listeners be able to learn from that. So reading books, listening to podcasts, watching TED Talks, those are all great things to continue to help grow and develop. Today's episode is sponsored by Prime Student. And as a UB student, I love Prime Student because I get a ton of benefits like fast and easy shipping, Prime Video, and Amazon Music. Prime Student also helps my school year run smoothly. Finding school essentials can be stressful, but Prime Student makes my life so much easier. To sign up for your own six-month trial at no cost, go to primestudent.co slash 
you at Buffalo One and sign up using your UB email. Let's get back to the episode. Um, what types of programs and organizations have you been involved with since starting your career? Um, since starting my career, um, I've been involved with a lot of different bar associations. So in the, in the legal community, the bar associations are, you know, the professional organizations and there's one for everything. Right now, I'm very involved in the California Lawyers Association because I'm, uh, I've only been practicing in California for four years. And so when I came here, I knew I needed to get integrated into the legal community. So like I said, they were happy to have someone volunteer to, um, to lead within that organization. So I'm very involved in the privacy section of the California Lawyers Association. Of course, New York has similar bar associations and the American Bar Association um, is, is a national one that I've, I've done some work with as well. Um, and those are great opportunities to see how other firms practice law, to see observe leadership styles outside of your own, own organization. Sometimes you can see an organization breeds a culture where everyone sort of behaves the same way. And then when you get to kind of an external organization where you're volunteering, uh, you can see other leadership styles. And then I also actually became involved with the Junior League, which was something that I never envisioned myself doing as sort of a, a working mother. I always thought of the Junior League as like an older organization of, you know, women with pearls or something like that. But it's actually come a long way um, because I was looking for an opportunity to do volunteer work. And that's been a great opportunity as well because it's a nonprofit and um, it's, it's great to see how nonprofits function and how people who are not lawyers and not, uh, you know, which is all you see in the bar associations, have different styles um, of leadership from their various backgrounds. So it's good to step outside your comfort zone and, um, and, and volunteer a little bit too because you, you expose yourself to other people and other leadership styles. So that's been great too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I know um, involvement for our students is super important. Um, and it's something that we want to continue to emphasize is that, yes, you want to get involved while you're an undergrad and a graduate student and, you know, even as a, a student of law, uh, but you want to continue that as you get, um, you know, into your career and go from there. Um, but you've mentioned a lot about how you've learned and grown and developed um, mostly through reading or sometimes through reading, maybe not mostly, um, but sometimes through reading. Talk to us about your leadership style. What you're learning a little bit more about it right now, it seems. Um, but what what is your your secret sauce, your basis of your leadership style? Yeah, so it's, I guess it's 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 difficult to describe your own leadership style. I think. <laughs> yes, um, I tried to reflect on it a little bit before we talk today. Um, so I can at least tell you what I'm aiming to have as my leadership style. I hope I'm achieving it. Um, like I said, I think the, the cornerstone of it is listening, um, trying to listen to how people want to be led, trying to listen to people's ideas. Um, also, I think one of the guiding principles would be uh, respecting pe other people's values and experiences um, and not assuming that they are the same as mine. Uh, and also respecting people's life. And this can be especially an issue, I think, in certain professions where people work long hours and spend and maybe overly define themselves by their profession. But I try to respect people's lives outside of, of work as well and understand that they don't only define themselves by, by their profession and they have home lives and family lives and interests that are outside and that those bring a lot of value to what they do at work. Um, so, 
and another thing I think I'm really working on is giving people full context when they're working on projects, because that's something that I, I have learned to do because I've experienced leaders who don't, don't do that. And I think it can be um, detrimental to people's learning and development and also just to uh, the quality of work products. So instead of just asking someone to complete a task, making sure that they understand the entire project, the goals of the project, where we're trying to go as a team and where that task fits in. And I find that uh, people are able to just perform at a higher level when they really have that greater understanding. And yes, it takes a little more time to do at the outset, but ultimately uh, is worthwhile. Yeah. Um, Jennifer, I really resonated with what you said and was thinking, kind of reflecting on my early career. I worked um, in a corporate retail company for about two years right after I graduated and um, just kind of reflecting on that notion of people first. And I didn't feel that in that position and I didn't really love that. And I didn't, I wasn't getting the full context of what I needed to do from my supervisor and being able to understand like your own leadership style, but also the leadership style you want to be led by. And I know you kind of addressed that earlier as well. And I reflected then as well, but just um, really for our students and especially graduates, I think that is key when looking for a job. Um, I think there are so many great roles out there, but you have to remember that you're a person first and especially in this world and with COVID just hitting a year ago and just kind of let us all sit back and say, wow, like we really do need to take care of ourselves. So thank you. Absolutely. Self-care. It's like the, one of the big words of the last year, right? Oh yes. (laughs) Yes, definitely. So our last question for you, Jennifer, is what's the best piece of advice that you've been given? It's such a tough, it's such a tough one. It's a good last one. Um, so I think there's, there's probably a few and it, it depends on context. I think in life, generally, the one that I like to live by is don't look back because you're not going that way. Um, and it doesn't mean to me, don't learn from your past mistakes or remember your past mistakes and experiences, but I always try to be, um, to, look forward, you know, address past mistakes and experiences and then look forward and just keep moving forward because I think it's very easy to to dwell on things that have happened in the past. Um, another one that I was thinking about recently was um, just given to me in the context of parenting, but I think can apply in a lot of other contexts as well. Um, you know, when you're a young parent or a parent of young kids, uh, you tend to stress about things that later seem so silly, like, you know, why isn't my kid potty trained yet? And some, you know, more experienced parents said to me once, I'm pretty sure he's not going to go to college wearing diapers. And I was like, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's going to happen. It's, it, I need to just let go of it a little bit and let it happen in its own time. And sometimes letting go of something and doing nothing for a while and revisiting it later when the time is right is just such a better approach than stressing about it in the moment. And someone else said to me once, which is similar, you never see a skeleton of a cat in a tree. In other words, the cat will get, it it figures out a way to get down in its own time. And so everything in its own time, especially for certain personalities like mine, little type A, um, just learning to let go of things and sometimes not doing anything is just a good strategy in life. In law, it's a good strategy in litigation sometimes, just doing nothing and letting things play out. Uh, so I like that one too. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely resonate with that piece. I think as a somewhat of a type A person, I'm very like, you know, plan oriented and I can't let things go. I just, I'm like, let me just work on it. I'll work through it. 
And no, it doesn't, it does not work that way, especially in the real world. Like, you know, if we're mm -hmm. talking to students that are still in school right now, like that might fly in your class. Like if you just get through the test, um, but you can't just get through life like that sometimes. So I, I completely agree. Sometimes you just have to let it go and come back to it when the time is right. And, and you are hard. Do. It? <laughs> it is. <laughs> It's yeah, so much okay. easier said than done, but yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it took me, I think I graduated and it took three years off before I went back to school. And I was like, I knew I wanted to just, the timing was never right. I had to let that idea go. I had to make some money. I had to, you know, find my way first with other jobs. And now I'm at a you know, job I love. This is my dream job. I'm so happy where I am, but I, I had to let that idea go for a little bit in order to make sure I could get here. That's the other thing. It's almost the other side of the coin, though. The timing is never perfect for anything. Never. Like if the time is perfect for me to pick up my life in New York and move to California. It was never going to be the perfect time to do that. But I'm glad that I made that leap. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll trust our judgment. <laughs> awesome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for your time. Um, this was so wonderful getting to talk to you and learn a little bit more about your world, your life, your leadership style. I uh, got some great book recommendations out of this. So I appreciate that too. Um, we can't wait to share with our listeners. Hopefully we're getting something out of this as well. Um, but yeah, this has been wonderful. We so appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And hopefully we get to talk to you again soon. Thank you. I can't wait to subscribe and hear some of the other podcasts. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Lead On. We hope you join us next week to discover more secrets of great leadership. In the meantime, lean in and lead on.